Hi, friends. Uh, this week, I'm excited to have Julia with me and, and teaching with me. And so uh, it's great to have you with us. And, and today we are in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. And to start off the, uh, today or tonight, as it is for us, we just wanted to begin uh, with that scripture. So Julia, why don't you read that? Okay, so Matthew 3, 13 to 17 says, this is in the CEB, a common English Bible. Uh, At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus answered, "Allow allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. So John agreed to baptize uh, Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, he immediately came out of the water. Heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. That's great. Thanks, Julia. This is one of my favorite passages, I think, in the Bible. So it's, it's fun to get into this story and to talk about it. I was just going to make two quick observations about this because it does raise some interesting questions as we as we read it. The first one is this idea that when Jesus comes to John, he's like, it's necessary to fulfill all righteousness, which seems strange because, well, what does Jesus, isn't he already righteous? And what does what's he doing? What's going on? And so that story, obviously, um, lots of Bible commentators puzzle over it. Uh, In the story, I think what we see, though, is Jesus uh, presenting himself to, to back, more baptism as a sign of solidarity with humanity. In the context to fulfill all righteousness means to, to be with God's people, to stand in their place, to, to share that request for forgiveness, live their life, die their death. And so righteousness, it, it's important for us to know in the Hebrew scriptures is not so much about this sinless perfection, how we talk about righteousness often. Righteousness was... Um, it was about being in a right relationship. It was, it was fulfilling the covenant obligations. And so righteousness is not this static thing, like I am righteous, but it, it's how a person lives their life in front of God. And so Jesus has to be baptized because he's entering into our story. He's standing alongside all of humanity and our failed attempts to live up to covenant. And now God himself is coming to fulfill our role. The other thing that, that's happening in this story is it, there's a play on Psalm 2 here, the anointing of a king. And so prophets and kings go together. So John has to baptize Jesus because prophets and kings fit together in the Bible. There's Saul and Samuel and David and Nathan, Hezekiah and Isaiah. And Psalm 2 is actually the script for the, the installation of a new king. And, and as we read, um, both the prophet and the king would read parts of Psalm 2 as they were uh, installing a new king. And so here, here we see Jesus uh, coming into and being anointed as a king by the prophet. I loved uh, this quote I read um, by N.T. Wright in his Matthew for Everyone series. He says, Jesus came up from the water of baptism and received God's spirit, God's wind, God's breath, in a new way declaring him to be God's son, Israel in person. The dove through which for a moment embodies and symbolizes the spirit indicates that the coming judgment that we talked about last week, right? That coming judgment will not be achieved through a warlike or vindictive spirit, but will mean the making of peace. Judgment itself is judged by this spirit. 
just as Jesus will take the last judgment upon himself and make an end of it. Part of the challenge of this passage, N.T. Wright tells us, is to learn afresh to be surprised by Jesus. I love that. Just the yeah. invitation to be surprised by Jesus as he um, just is a very different king than what anybody was expecting and, and, mm-hmm. and interacts with us differently than we maybe even we were ever expecting. So that's the background of yeah. some story. But now, Julia, I'd love to just turn it back over to you. And you've been listening. Oh, there goes my computer. I don't know how to turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone who had your headphones up. Uh, <laughs> but Julia, you've been listening uh, to this scripture. It's been speaking to you, particularly around verse 17. And so why don't you just uh, take, take it on here and, uh, and share with us what you've been hearing from God. Mm-hmm. So I was reading, I've been reading it in lots of different translations, but the one that I kind of had in my head was uh, the NIV translation, which says, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Um, I think that this moment in this passage is such a po- pivotal moment because although Jesus was slash is God, I feel like this had to have been a launching pad for him as he lived out and fleshed out the gospel the way we know it today. Before he did anything noteworthy at all, God spoke directly to him regarding his delight in him. Uh, Just imagine how that would affect, like how, what kind of effect that would have on your life being affirmed as I, and identified as loved and pleasing to God, not just love, but also like finding happiness like that, the CEB um, translation, it would cause you to burst with confidence, unafraid to disappoint because you are all these things before you even opened your eyes as a baby when you were born. And, but the thing is, and this is the crazy thing is that God sees us this way as well. And this has like been blowing my mind this last couple of weeks. Like he looks at us with pure delight and and he's pleased with us because we are his beloved children of God. Uh, You find in several places, um, I'll specifically stay in the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament, he talks about the children of God and um, it talks about that and how that's what we are. But uh, I'll talk about really quick. I'll just um, reference John chapter one, verse 12. It says, to all who received him and who believed in him, he gave the right to become children of God. It's like really simple. <laughs> um, Romans 8 verses 14 to 17 says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought you brought about your adoption into sonship. Um, and by and by him we cry Abba Father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of God and not just heirs like an heir and a spare or whatever you want to say in the monarchy or whatever but we're co-heirs with Christ which is wild that's what it says in Romans we're co-heirs with Christ and if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we also may share in his glory. And also then in 1 John 3, verse 1, it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. 
and that is what we are. <laughs> just it just exclaims it like that's what we are. And I like this is something that I personally started to understand a little bit better after having a baby like nine months ago, having Millie. And I like I just am completely and utterly pleased with her. Like from the moment she arrived, she's my beloved daughter and my love grows for her every single day without her even trying to earn it. My delight just increases, increases exponentially as she learns and tries new things. And not because she's really impressive because she's not, <laughs> but because she's impressive. Millie, if you're listening, you're very impressive. <laughs> but because I absolutely adore her. Like I just, I see her pulling herself up to stand up beside things right now. And I'm just like, my heart just is bursting. I just can't explain it. But it's, it's something, this is something that's been pretty hard for me to grasp at certain times in my life, as I'm sure from a lot of people, it's, it's hard to, to really grasp this love that God has for us, that he's delights in us no matter what, like we, like we are very aware of our sin. I'm very aware of my sin and I feel like I need to be you know, for him to approve of me and to be pleased with me, I need to have everything right. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Um, and so I know for seasons of my life has been really hard. Um, so that's why several years ago, I was at school and I was just really discouraged. And I needed to be reminded of this truth that we all need to know and, and learn. And so I, I wrote on a piece of paper, this is my daughter whom I love with her I'm well pleased and I just put it on my wall in my dorm room and just because I knew that was such an important truth for my own identity like for me to be at all confident in who God made me to be and so I think this is really important that God spoke these words to Jesus before he even did anything in ministry because it encouraged Jesus to fully walk out in his identity as loved and pleasing, not seeking approval of anyone. If you read any story about Jesus, you know he's not trying to get anyone's approval. <laughs> um, but he had a posture of purpose and confidence because of because he knew who he was. And I mean, he was God. Yes, he's got that on us. <laughs> but but he like, yeah. He stood on that truth that he heard from his father um, and he was confident in that. And uh, yeah, so like I, I now just thinking about how we live these days in such an approval seeking culture. I like we put a picture with the perfect filter and caption and hashtag on social media and we wait for all the likes to roll in and all the comments and and uh, now I'm not saying that we need to all go and delete Instagram or Facebook right now. Maybe some of us do. I don't know. <laughs> but let's just step back a bit and ask ourselves whose likes are most important. Like, is it our followers or is it the God of the universe, our Heavenly Father? Because he's already given you a big thumbs up <laughs> um, or a big heart or hug, whatever reaction you want to do on these social media platforms. Um, and it's the same reaction that he gave Jesus um, at, on the banks of the Jordan that, that day that he was baptized. And so I think that's really, that's really sobering and like 
something that we need to remember. And one last thought I had, it, it's kind of different. And so I want to just take a different angle. I was just thinking about, I really, I really like superhero movies. <laughs> so I don't want to compare Jesus to an Avenger because he's way cooler than an Avenger um, and way, way so much more than that. But I feel like this part where God speaks to Jesus is like just that moment in Jesus's life story where you're like, oh yeah, that guy's going to do amazing things. Like, how can he not? A voice from heaven just boomed across the sky and affirmed him to like, in a way that everyone desires and he hadn't even done anything to deserve it. And so, of course, he's going to step out confidently. And, and I, so I think about, <laughs> we're not all superheroes here, but maybe we are. <laughs> <laughs> um just yeah if we take on that truth and really let it sink in like how can we not step out confidently and 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 live very differently like live very purposefully because we know this truth and it is truly a truth that sets you free and that like to walk in your identity and in Christ and so yeah those are my thoughts about that amazing truth that God spoke to Jesus that day and that he speaks to each one of us through that same story. Awesome. Thanks, Julia. Again, just amazing. Love the way you connect that story with even your own life and being a parent. And I really love that practice of just writing down, like, I am a daughter. Um, I'm mm -hmm. a daughter of God. And with you, I am well pleased. Or I'm a mm -hmm my beloved son with you i'm all pleased i think i think that'd be a great just like practical piece for all of us in the congregation to do this next week is just to mm -hmm. take some time and, and just journal that out and, and write that as god speaking to you because i think it's interesting right the only other time god the father speaks in the gospel mm -hmm. of Matthew, he says exactly the same thing again this is my son i'm, mm -hmm. I'm well pleased uh, and so it feels to me like these are the words of the heavenly father like, that he has, the one who got his pleasure and praise on his children. And even as you just now, as you were talking about the way, you know, that John passage um, or first John, I'm just going to go find that again. How great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. And then you were talking about Millie and that got me thinking about my kids. Right. And, and I have all <laughs> I have like this brood of children <laughs> and and it's not like I look at one and I say oh you are my beloved daughter with you I'm well pleased but then I look at my other two daughters and I say well I don't like you like you really are full of guilt and I'm really disappointed in you and I wish you would do better right like no absolutely that's that's that would make me a horrible parent mm -hmm. and how much like how much greater a parent is God than I am and so of course when God looks at all of his children, he says the same thing. And he takes mm -hmm. the same delight in all of his children, not just like, I like Jesus and the rest of my kids, nah, right? Like I'll take them. <laughs> He's like, no, I love all my children. If you were one of my children, these are the words mm -hmm. that I make to you because I love my children. And so I do those things. And so I, I just think yeah. that's just so encouraging for all of us that we can mm -hmm. take those words for our own our own encouragement and our own blessing that God is saying these things for us too. Yeah. So it's good. I think great challenge you also gave us to embrace that identity 
um, given to us by God as a way that then changes the way we live as we don't have to seek the approval of other people, but we, because we have the full approval of our creator. That's all. Did you have any last thoughts that you wanted to, to say or if not, then we'll. No, I just, I'm just so, I've just been so encouraged by this word from God this week. So I hope everyone else is too. Just, just this truth that you may not always feel loved all the time, but like, it's the truth that we need to just stand on and know. And I think that'll transform us as we know it and like speak it and, and just I'm confident in like God's love for, for me. That's like hard to say some days, but it's true. So I have to know it. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, then grace and peace, everyone. <laughs>